And welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast full of choice track. I'm Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Taj. No, you're not. We, we already had that conversation, man. I need, I need you to bring Taj back at some point here. But anyway, we ain't going to talk about that. Tajarama. I'm in a good mood from the last episode. Yeah, and we just carried over through the whole week. I'm just letting y'all know that right now. So, um, for those who don't know, we are a music podcast. We focus primarily on music. Uh, we have two sides, just like a record. Side A is where we have a theme and we bring up our favorite tracks, what we call our choice tracks, to compare with that theme or go and coincide with it. And when we flip over the record to side B, uh, that's us talking about homework that was given to us the previous week. And we went back and listened to an album that was picked by one of us, four lucky gentlemen here. And everybody gets to chime in on the album and tell us what their favorite track on the album was and if they like it or if they just thought it was complete doo So, for your enjoyment, we're going to go down the rabbit hole on side A. So, Tiles, go ahead and drop that new pool. So, um, this week's theme is a little bit of a head-scratcher, but let me tell you what's really going on. So, ever since I was a little bit of kid, I've always been attracted to music, whether it be sounds, so just, you know, sonic things coming through my ear and it kind of either made me very happy or it made me very scared. Um, um, it was certain times where I would listen to music in my dreams. It was certain times where I'm literally in a dream and a particular song would come on and I would just be singing along with it only to realize that it was my radio trying to wake me up so I could go to school. But I'm too busy <laughs> listening to the song in the dream in order to have a good time. Or I had just seen a horror movie and that lasting little song, whether it be the theme song or whatever the case may be, was the last thing I heard and me going to sleep literally had that song playing in my head and kind of pissed me off with my dream going forward. So in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about songs that occur dreams or nightmares. And I put them both out there to give people a chance in order to see which way they would actually go. Um, I actually kind of went both ways, but my first pick is really about the dark side. Um, so just to give you a little background of where I'm coming from, there was one movie that used to scare the plump shit out of me. And it's not a horror movie in the sense of horror, but it's a horror in the sense of it could really happen. Um, it came out in 1995 and it was just a movie called Outbreak with Dustin Hawk, uh, where it literally was talking about a, uh, a virus. Uh, that was in the form of a monkey that whatever the trust the monkey, anybody who came around it literally started having pus oozing out of their ears and their eye sockets and would literally die from cotton. Um, whether it be a couple of hours later or a couple of days, whatever the situation may be. And the virus mutated and actually became airborne to the point where it was literally where the military was about to drop a whole atomic bomb on the particular area in order to make sure that the virus did not get out to the mass. Cause within a month's time, there would have taken out pretty much half of the, of the United States and by three four months time it would have taken out the world that's how sick this virus was well the reason why it scared me was twofold one because I hate catching colds let alone any kind of virus that seems like it will take you out and two the name of the place where it came from just so happened to be Fort Detrick which is home to some of the nastiest diseases and viruses you would ever come across to mankind um that was not a fun part for me. Just letting you know right now, because my name is Dietrich. Even though it's spelled different, you know, it sounds the same. So it kind of pissed me off. But forego that, fast forward. Now we're talking about the year 2002. There was a particular movie that came out. Um, this movie literally, you know, sent chills down my spine. Not just for the fact that it was, you know, terrifically done. Uh, and it was totally brand new for, for the idea of how it could come out. But also for the simplicity of nature of the soundtrack. 
Um, it had moments of straight silence. It had moments of songs that would be playing in the background. It would just be eerie as hell. But really, the one part of it really stuck out in my mind. And that was what was considered the main theme for the actual movie itself and the movie soundtrack. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about um, 2002's 28 Days Later. And the song that I'm actually referencing in that um, actually comes from, uh, it's a song, with, it's coming from a composer by the name of John Murphy. Um, John Murphy was the one that actually, you know, dedicated that, that time in order to put to that song in that background, uh, how everything worked out. And this particular song that was in reference to that um, literally was the soundtrack for that particular album. It had no lyrics to it. Um, the name of the track was In the House in a Heartbeat. And that particular song itself became the theme for the actual movie. It was one of those eerie sounding tracks that built up. It was it was a it definitely a heavy metal side of a track, but it, it literally took the theme on head on. And for me, after watching that movie, after listening to the post credits, after hearing that song in the movie, after hearing it in the sequel 28 weeks later, after hearing it in several different other movie adaptations and, and TV shows and things of that nature, the song literally stuck in my head and it stuck today so when i came up with the theme this was the basis of that actual theme was because this particular track itself uh was done by like i say john murphy who was a great composer um he actually brought in a group called geek music you know to help and compose that type of situation and they they came up with the eerie tone and that eerie tone is literally stuck in my head and anytime i watch the movie I love watching the movie from beginning to end, but anytime I actually watch that movie, this song is what sticks out to me most, most importantly. Um, it's even brought up in video games, uh, Metro, um, uh, what is it? What we do? Don't give me, don't quote me on that. Please don't quote me on that. But it, like literally this soundtrack is like the, the nemesis that you don't want to come across. It's like the boss fight when you know somebody's going to come out and whoop your ass and take all your lives. Like this is the track that you don't want to listen to before you go to sleep because you're probably going to dream about people getting this rabbit type virus and turning it around and you know going ham shit on you every time they come across you and beat your brains in so this was a different take on zombies in the sense of what was going on and it just you know made everything even sicker and more grosser to watch so especially when you're throwing up blood in somebody's mouth and they get infected and next thing you know they turn into a rabbit dog and start chasing you like crazy and no this was not the regular walking dead type situation they were running and pulsating after your ass all over the place. So if you have not seen 28 Days Later, this is a shameless plug. You need to go see it. They should sponsor us for it, or we're not going to go there. What we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to tell y'all to go watch it because it's a hell of a movie, an excellent movie, the plot and everything, and it was great. But this particular song itself was one of those songs that even to this day, knowing whatever, everything is going to happen within the movie, you know, the plot, storyline, the whole nine, whenever this track comes on, I still get a couple of hairs to stick up on the back of my neck just because I remember waking up in cold sweats thinking somebody was coming to get me or that there was a flesh-eating virus out there 
that I had to deal with. And, you know, lo and behold, as the world turned, we did have to deal with something that came to the, to the, to the point of that, but it wasn't to that extreme. But, you know, hopefully knock on wood, nothing else comes around the backside that happens like that. But yeah, it's, it's something that still bothers me to this day. So I've just opened myself up to y'all people. Hopefully y'all don't take it and run with it and try to throw it in my face anytime you see me in public. Cause I will hit you and I do shoot. I'm just telling you that up front. But what do you guys think? about a theme from 28 Days Later from John Murphy and Geek Music. So it, it, I I liked it. It, it. I've always liked the movie, but when you picked the theme, I was like, okay. And then I started listening to it, and you're like, yeah, this it's it's iconic, it's memorable. The thing that I like about it is like it starts out, you're like, okay, it's just a nice melody, but it's somehow they sneak it in on you, and I think if they sneak it in on minor keys, but like it has a slowly unnerving effect as it keeps going, and you're like, why am I getting unnerved? Like it, it sounds fun. Like there's nothing changing, right? And it's like just like a, a one note change, and you're like, why am I on edge? Like <laughs> something is behind me, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, but that's the amazing part. Like because if you were like to randomly start it in the middle, you'd be like, okay. But it's it's that slow build up. Like it it just builds it up. And, and it's so good at that. Yeah. So yep. for sure. So. Slow grind for sure. That's what, that's what created that whole theory. It's like, yeah, I can't listen to this shit now. <laughs> it goes from nice little thing to what the hell is going on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie that I've always loved. I saw the movie opening weekend back in 2002 and there was nobody there, which is shocking to me. And, uh, you know, I, I think the movie still holds up today. Um, it's, it's a fantastic film and it's a film that should not be forgotten. So, you know, hopefully the few listeners that listen to our show will, uh, you know, um, spread the word, spread the gospel of 28 days later. Um, and the album itself, I actually, I have this album on CD. I bought it, um, pretty much right away after seeing the movie because the music to me was, was integral in, in, in to, to the film. Like they, they go hand in hand. Um, the music is very, very effective, uh, very unusual. Um, and and phenomenal and one of the reasons why i like physical media is even for this episode if you go on a spotify you see playlist where they cut and paste and put songs from other albums onto here but it's not the actual album and it's missing some of those tracks too so uh support your physical media everyone um and uh yeah the song is is very effective um very memorable um very very frightening um if you had never seen 28 days later and you play this uh is very foreboding and uh it is uh ominous and um yeah i mean it it can invoke a nightmare for sure you know that's not something you want to walk like walk into your home listening to you know especially if you haven't turned the lights on yet so uh your imagination will get the best of you and yeah this is a very effective song and um it's a good choice yeah wait and 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 i didn't i should have spoke on that like the beginning part of it like is very ethereal very dreamlike and that's like this matched the theme exactly like when when I started listening to this, like, damn, you had a better pick than me. Like, I should have done explosions in the sky. Like, this is very much ethereal, dreamlike, and then just turns nightmare. You're like, yeah. 
There's more yeah, gravy than grave about you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like Kill- Killian Murphy's uh, first big role, right? I don't know. Do you I, know that, Brennan? I, I definitely feel like it was certainly one of the, I mean, it may have been the first movie I remember him mostly from. Yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely as a lead. Right. Yeah, because I didn't know who he was when I first saw it. Uh, But yeah, this movie is one of our favorites in my household. Um, I think we got the deep, the Blu-ray disc for this one. And um, yeah, that music is daunting. It's terrifying because it's got that slow burn. And yeah, this is this is the pandemic that everybody really wanted (laughs) and that we never got. So uh, yeah, yeah, good, good, uh, good, bad feels. <laughs> but yeah, this is a, yeah, one of my favorites. Um, it definitely is like a nightmare come true. Maybe, maybe some people wanted this to happen or, or would want this to happen. Some people are terrified. But yeah, just that you know the the idea of this being a possibility is a true nightmare. <laughs> To his core, and uh, well, the, the music really hits it. You know, I I remember as I'm watching that movie, I remember thinking to myself, like, we're screwed if this this happens. Like, this yeah. is not; these are not slow moving zombies, you know. And this is this is like a virus that that affects people quick. It's fast. Yeah, it's, you know, like if that oh, happens, yeah. like <laughs> I don't think there would be 28 days later. Well, it's like, yeah, there wouldn't be 28 minutes. <laughs> Uh, 20 seconds, maybe? Uh, no, 28 hours. 28 hours for sure. 28, 28. Right, right. 28 hours, <laughs> okay. it's over. Well, it's a 20th, yeah. Good time. 28 hours. It's like, oh, you get a little bit extra. You get four extra hours of, you know, anxiety or whatever the fuck's going on. Uh, I think the character, uh, Frank, Brendan, Brendan Gleason, he's like the older dude with the beard. Uh, the dad, uh, yeah. Yeah, he like he shows you how fast he fucking turns. Like, oh yeah. man, that scene Ugh. that was crazy, man. I was like, holy shit! It pissed me off, and I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, are you serious? What the fuck? Um, anyway, and then that music kicks in, and you're just like, oh god damn it! So yeah terrifying and such a good fucking movie and there's more than one so enjoy <laughs> nice all right so in that situation uh todd maybe yeah. what you got man <laughs> okay uh <laughs> so i okay i struggled i was trying to find something um so just so everybody knows kind of we had the time frame just in case we ever want to redo the theme right so it, uh-huh. i very much had to work in that constraint of the time period right um so this was actually when we first were told the theme like this is the first song that i shot out i did find some other tracks i liked but they just didn't meet the time period so <laughs> i ended up going with the first thing i shot it out and the reason being is this is one of those songs because I had the album and I listened to the album a lot, but this is this is the one song on the album that always freaked me out. <laughs> okay, uh, and so the thing is, is that I try and be 
respectful of stuff, right? And so the fact that this starts with the Lord's Prayer and then goes into heavy metal and then it subverts the Lord's Prayer at the end, it's just like, yeah, this is nightmare stuff and you're messing with shit you shouldn't mess with, right? Uh, so the, the uh, album that I picked, so it's from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is the album that's from. Um, and the song um, is, um, shoot, why am I drawing a blank? The, the band is Megadeth. Um, and so the, the song is, um, why am I thinking? Uh, Go to Hell. So, uh, I will say for a metal song, this song kicks ass. Like, the riffs in it are like, you, you gotta give it all the props in the world for, for being a metal song. <laughs> but, like, starting with the Lord's Prayer and then subverting it, you're like, oh, man, that's just, like, messing with stuff you don't want to mess with. But, yeah, other than that, it, it's, yeah. And so I can't remember. I want to say this is the the part in the movie too. Like this is where they're in hell, right? And, and they're going through stuff. And then at the end, like Satan pops up, like, "Hey, pick where you want to stay in hell. Like you can't be jumping around the different things. <laughs> like, 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 oh shit." But yeah, total nightmare for sure. Yeah, but they make it seem like it's not a nightmare. They're just like, oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. Hey, I ain't gonna lie though, they're the best Grim Reaper. That's all I'm saying. Right. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. So, but yeah, so, and I think we brought up Megadeth before, right? Has mm-hmm. it somebody? Okay. That's yeah. like that. So, oh, I, I should say on that, uh, this was. They did the song for the movie. Uh, they did release it later on in their Hidden Gems album, but it was actually made for the movie. Um, and so it came out in 91, I want to say, was when it came out. So, but yeah. Yeah, 91. Yeah, it's... It, I don't know how I feel about the song. Like, I, I am a fan of Megadeth, but I don't have, like, this appreciation for the song like I do some other Megadeth stuff. Um, it, it's okay, but it's not... It's definitely not one of my favorite Megadeth songs. Um, there's moments where the the song, I feel, you know, like... I could be completely wrong, but knowing the history with him and Metallica, there are moments in the song where I feel like it's it's like a parody of Inter Sandman. It's very, very I don't I, I don't know. Like it just seems very, very obvious that that's what he's doing. Um, and I, again, I could I could be mistaken. But like I said, knowing the history of him with Metallica, I would not be surprised if it's like, you know, a, 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 a stab at, at Metallica. So, um, but yeah, as, as just the song itself, it, I find it underwhelming compared to other Metallica that I really like or not Metallica, <laughs> Megadeth Megadeth. that I really like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's okay, but I, I just feel like it's, it's not my favorite, favorite song by, by them, but I, I get like, it definitely works for the theme. 
Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, you're connecting it to Bill and Ted's because I was like, I was convinced in my head that Taj looked for a list of songs and he's like, why else would he pick a Megadeth song? Right. Cause like, I do not picture Taj in his spare time listening to Megadeth, but I do picture Taj listening to the album to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And that makes much more sense and everything's right with the world again. So, uh, yeah, the song, the song's just okay, but definitely not, not my favorite, uh, Megadeth, uh, song. So anyway, there we go. Yeah. I kind of took it as, as a visceral diss track. That's, that's how I took it as like, what, what would, what would Metallica do if they were going to be on a, a album for a movie? Yeah. Let's make fun of them and put it on this, this particular <laughs> movie. Let's see what's going to happen with it. And like, <laughs> and they very well could have actually thought that way. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. That's that's for that's for them to actually come out and say it, which they won't. But that's it's funny as hell because I did get hints of that in my thought process from the ketones that were coming in, and I was like, "Are you serious? Is this where we're going?" But I'm like, "Nah, they they can't do that. They're not going to do that." But then again, they're they're doing it for what's essentially a comedy, and so yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to do it for that. So I'm like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, that that definitely that definitely has some kind of kind of tense vibes." placed inside there but all in all yeah i could definitely see why this would be a nightmarish type song especially when you're talking about bringing in the, the religious aspects of it oh yeah totally totally honest in that situation so yeah it's it's funny as hell <laughs> pun intended um right. yeah <laughs> that's where i'm going with it so, yeah it was a good pick one yeah i think it's interesting the, the whole dave mustaine Transition from Metallica and going to Megadeth. And, uh, yeah, he definitely, I, I, it makes you wonder, like, was he really a big part of Metallica that gave him that sound? Um, you know, well, I guess we'll never know who, who was the, <laughs> like, who was, uh, better, but Metallica's staying strong. I like him. They're still doing their thing, but, uh, yeah, go to hell is fun. Uh, the whole tie to, uh, the movie Bill and Ted. I mean, that's definitely hilarious. And I love Bill and Ted, the whole, all the movies. So mm-hmm. definitely doesn't seem like something that you would be listening to. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad you added Megadeth to your, right. your collection. And listeners, I hope you uh, venture out and listen to some old metal because old metal, old metal being like in the last 30 years, you know, span, expand your horizons a little bit. Um, Megadeth is definitely one of those bands that you should you should check out. Uh, their artwork's pretty crazy. Um, looks like a nightmare in itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of their uh, album covers. So yeah, yeah, this definitely this this hits the nightmare realm for sure. Yeah, it, and for those of you keeping track, this is the second song off of Bill Dead's Focus Journey that I picked <laughs> for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first is Tommy the Cat by Primus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to spotlight that that soundtrack at some point. As a matter of fact, we need to go watch that movie. Tommy the Cat, no. yeah. classic, <laughs> classic. <laughs> All right, so uh, pick it up on that, Damon. Hit me with what you got, man. What, what was your visceral thought? Okay, yeah. So uh, my first, um, my first thought was to do Rob Zombie Living Dead Girl, but then I thought, oh, he's got a little brother. And <laughs> his band is called Power Man 5000. 
that's a band that I've seen live. Um, first time I was supposed to see them live, they didn't show up because the record label gave them issues. They changed labels. This is early 2000s. And I ended up seeing Mudvayne, I guess, by accident and love the show. But, uh, yeah, Power Man 5000 was a fun, fun show, too. We, they came back to Austin when they fixed their shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was good. Um, the song I picked was uh, When Worlds Collide. And this is um, off the album Tonight the Stars Revolt. This is this is '99. This is um, this is very much so a late '90s band, early 2000s band. Uh, that that sound coming from Power Man 5000. It's like uh, I guess you could call it like um, I don't know. It's uh, the new new metal, new and new metal. Um, a little different, you know, but that's that's they were definitely part of that. So um, check out the album tonight, The Stars Revolt, because it's really good. Uh, I don't know if I would ever spotlight that album, but it is a good album, and I like to see that they keep it in the family. He he takes a he, you know, he puts a little twist on his his sound. Um, I think I think it's it's a great song. Um, definitely fits the nightmare side of the dreams and nightmares. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think of uh, when worlds collide and how it fits into the nightmare realm? Um, I'll stop. I've never heard of Power Man Five Thousand. Oh, really? Know it was oh, wow. Tommy's brother. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So thank you for introducing me to that. Um, it definitely had a a devilish theme to it. Um, I yeah. can definitely see, you know, night creatures crawling around in type situation from, from the track itself. They hit some eerie notes inside there. And, you know, I definitely liked where the track was going. And for when you say it was a, you know, 90s, early 2000s type of vibe, I got yeah. that from the track just from the rhythm base of it. But for the most part, like it still held up. I wasn't too mad at it. And, you know, I definitely want to check out more music from them. So, yeah, I can, you know, we, we all kind of hit that little night the theme going on here so I definitely like where I was going so yeah you, you, you hit that spot yeah, I don't know why I gravitated to the nightmare side but it was just like mm-hmm. that that pulled me in pulled me in mm-hmm yeah, I, I I know the band for sure. I, I know the band. I've heard some songs by them, and uh, every time I listen to to them, or if I heard a song by them, I'm like, well, I'd rather just listen to Rob Zombie. And uh, and and right. listening yeah. to listening to the song, His little brother. Uh, I know, I know, which I didn't know for the longest time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I know now. I've known I've I've known for a while. But when it first came out, I had no clue that he was related to Rob Zombie. Right. Um, but when I first heard the music by by him, I I feel the same way that I did when I listened to the song uh, for this episode. And it's just give me Rob Zombie. I just want to listen to Rob Zombie. And I you know I'm familiar with Rob Zombie. Um, I'm just gonna keep saying Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie. Um, yeah, it's it was okay, it was okay, but it just made me miss Rob Zombie, and uh, and I made me want to go listen to an album by Rob Zombie, and um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know what what else to say other than Rob Zombie, like Rob Zombie. <laughs> so maybe I need to get I need to give Power Five Power Man Five Thousand a chance. I listened to an interview one time with Spider One, and he sounded like a cool dude. 
Um, but, yeah. uh, right? yeah. Um, I just prefer Rob Zombie. So, all right. I'm going to stop saying Rob Zombie. <laughs> so yeah, Spider One is his little brother. Michael Cummings is his name, but he goes by Spider One. Uh, Rob Zombie is a filmmaker and he definitely makes some good shit. Uh, he's been around a little bit longer, but like I said, you know, like keeping it in the family, you know, spread the love, right? <laughs> they have a sci-fi feel to them, which I think is kind of cool too. But uh, well, yeah, so yeah, I never heard of them before, and and you know, when you have a title like "When Worlds Collide," like that's just iconic sci-fi. Like you know, uh, that, that's that's up with there. And so I was like, and so like listening on the song, it's like, well, is it going to go sci-fi? It mentions a robot, and then it's like, well, what? And it's weird. Like I was trying to figure out where the dream nightmare was of it. Like the, you know, it's metal for sure, which kind of does have a nightmarish vibe. I didn't quite get it though from the lyrics, like how it, it was, you know, a dream or nightmare type thing. But it, I like well, it. Yeah. nightmarish. It's like okay, so like it's it's like basically like the end of the world. <laughs> I mean, if that's not enough of a nightmare for some people, it might be a, like, you know, like some of our, uh, like the 28 days later, you know, idea right. for a pandemic like that. Some people cherish that idea. They're like, I hate traffic. I just want zombies now. Fuck it. So, <laughs> but Parman 5000, like, you know, when worlds collide, it's definitely like, that's, that's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I think. So yeah. that's where the nightmare comes from for me anyway. Yeah, no, it, like and, you said, it could be yeah, not a nightmare for some people. Well, it, and I kind of it, that's why I kind of felt like it kind of where you were going with it. It's like, you know, when when your waking <laughs> world and, and the dream world collide, you're like, you know, because you're busy. You know, you go to sleep thinking about stuff you got to do in the real world. And then some random ass dream dream logic jumps in and you're like, yeah, these two worlds do not go together. <laughs> or just like the reality of like your day to day, your nine to nine mundane shit. <laughs> right. And then. You know, you've got a fucking shit, shit apocalypse, right? <laughs> or whatever the fuck's gonna happen. Yeah. So there's um, those two things, or it, or even like the mundane. You know, you show up to to work without pants <laughs> in a dream. You're like, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> what the hell's yeah, those worlds <laughs> collided pretty poorly. Yeah, Josh, I really thought about that. That wasn't a dream. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! HR's calling. HR's calling. Oh fuck. <laughs> You get fired on your, your day off, right? You're like, no. Tell him you got a twin. Tell him you got right. a twin. <laughs> Clean sanity. I see people. I see yeah. dead people. Right. <laughs> All right. It's so, a nightmare. Right. This whole yeah, thing. It really a... is. It really is. Moving right along, though. Brandon, I'm gonna come up with top. Come on, come up the back. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, once I understood more clearly what the theme was, it became a no-brainer for me. And uh, I was, I, I mean, I was gonna go nightmare all the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a big horror movie fan. I love, I love everything about horror. So yeah, it's gonna be a nightmare. And, um, and the song I picked, the first time I ever heard it was in a movie. So the song that I picked is by the artist. He's a favorite at this podcast, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And the song is Red Right Hand. On a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. 
So the first time I ever heard the song was actually in the movie Scream, the original Scream back in 1996. That's the first time I had ever heard that song. I think that was probably my real introduction to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I remember seeing the movie and I could not stop thinking about this song. And then I found out that it was by an artist named Nick Cave. And Nick Cave and I, we, we haven't looked back. Um, and I bought the, the soundtrack on CD and it was a different version of that song, which really depressed me. And, uh, and then Scream 2 came out and they used like a different version of the song. But the original song was actually on that album. And I bought Scream 2, the album. And then they used it again in Scream 3. I did not buy that album. Um, but yeah, um, Red Right Hand, man. It's, it's a phenomenal song. Uh, it was originally released in 1994 on the album Let Love In. And the song is inspired by John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, uh, which is about there's a there's a there's a part in the poem where they talk about the vengeful hand of God. And in a way, that's kind of what Red Right Hand is. It's it's the vengeful hand of God, part deity, part demon. Um, you know, it's, it's a stranger who's, who's walking, uh, walking through this town and everyone can sense him. And it's just a sense of dread. Um, the song is so perfectly used in, in the first scream. Um, it is one of my favorite songs by Nick Cave. Uh, it is one that I can listen to anytime. It's his voice is incredible. The sound is incredible. The lyrics are incredible. There's, uh, there's, there's nothing to, to not like about this song. Um, and you know, if you don't like the song again, I'm going to say, like I've said before, it doesn't matter. It's a great song. You should all like it. Damon may not. We know he hates Nick Cave. It should be interesting to see what he has to say. Um, but yeah, man, I love this song. I adore this song. And uh, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> like I said, it's a, it's a nightmare song. It, it invokes a nightmare. And um, I, I get, when I hear the song, I can picture it. You know, it's a very vivid song. And uh, all right. Yeah, that's it. So I have to ask, because it, did they use it for Hellboy? Because it, it seemed like a no-brainer to use this for a Hellboy movie. But like <laughs> I'm not... I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, I know it okay. was used like in an X Files episode, okay. I believe, as well. But yeah, I mean, okay. I, to me, like the song is just like it. It still goes hand in hand with Scream, the Scream franchise for me. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I've heard the song before. I felt like I had, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I for sure, I like this song. It's really good. Uh, it totally fits with the nightmare, uh, the nightmare theme on it, and it, it's, it's the reason why. I kind of feel like it's it's very for me it's very Hellboy it's very Call Cthulhu-y like it's like it's an elder god like there's just shit you can't do but uh, live with it or go insane <laughs> you know which is what Call Cthulhu is you know uh, but yeah so um, but yeah I enjoyed it for sure so yeah um, so I remember it from the screen movies but most like recent um, they had it in an episode or or a long couple of episodes of Peaky Blinders. Um, so that that was that was a cool little mix there that, that I had heard and was like, 
Oh man, I remember this song. You're like, I, I remember Nick Cave in this one. And I was like, okay, that, that was, that was a good one. There was, that was definitely had that, uh, cerebral thought process to it and, and see exactly where you wanted to go with it. Um, no, I'm not going to say anything bad about Nick Cave because I actually like him a lot. So I'm not mad at the fact that you picked this one, um, to go on with coincide with that. And the fact that you got to pick one of your favorite artists to go with one of your favorite thought processes, which is horror or which is nightmares and things of that nature. Now, I think I kind of chucked this up as an alley-oop for you, so you came in with the slam dunk, so I'm not really mad at that. Um, you know, now we got to get back and play defense, so, you know, that's going to happen, but <laughs> enough with the sports puns. Um, all in all, it was a good pick, man. It was a, it was a good take back on, on how a horror movie should be. It's not even really horror, it's a slasher, but it still fits within that genre of who did it, who's going to do it, who's going to die next type situation, and those are always the hardest to watch, because your favorite people, you never know what's going to happen when the music coincides with the movie and how it's going yeah that should tell you something right there that's going to be a good fit so yeah this is definitely one of those good pick man i have no complaints about it who's nick cave oh uh <laughs> he's the guy that did a song in uh a movie called scream yeah no i love i love scream i think Sc- the scream franchise is great and uh even if you were too young to see Scream when it first came out, like you were definitely you're getting it now. <laughs> so, uh, which is great. I love that aspect of it too. I, I think I, like it. That's my favorite part of like horror movies, like Scream, that just keep it going and they can keep they can stay relevant, and stay current. Um, yeah, no the the sound for this this is this is Scream. Like I I think of Scream when I hear this song. And, uh, yeah, Nick Cave is definitely, no, he's, he's doing his job. <laughs> he's doing his fucking job and he's really like, he's sticking it to you. Um, sometimes, it, you know, he sticks it a little too hard, makes you feel a little bit bad about yourself, but yeah, I'm I didn't mean really it that way. He's not stabbing you. He's not like sticking you and stabbing you with a knife. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, if you didn't pick that song, Brandon, then I would have thought that you were a robot version of yourself, and that you know you picked some other like Katy Perry song <laughs> or some weird <laughs> shit. I don't know what you would have picked in lieu of this song. But yeah, um, four stars, five stars out of five. Yeah, there you go. You like a Nick Cave song? Wow. I think that I was gonna pick this song. And you picked it, and that's what pisses me off. Because <laughs> that was going to be my song. That was going to be my my you way of coming back they, as a Nick Cave possible fan. The way you've talked about Nick Cave before on in this podcast, you don't have a right to pick a Nick Cave song. I think that's the only <laughs> song that I would have picked so far. But that's because I'm mainstream and I like pop music and. He's yeah, he's he coming he's coming back to Austin. You should go to his show. It's an incredible live show. I would like to go to a show and he would have to wow me. He would have to wow me. He doesn't he, have to wow the, you. If I go to the <laughs> show, you better go you. to the show too. <laughs> Damn it, you better go to that show. Because if I do get wowed, you're going to have to rub it in my face, I guess, right? Especially if you start, you start crying. You're going to have to prevent from I'm not jumping on the stage there, show. Brandon. Can't yeah, all right. At the very end, he's right there up at the stage. <laughs> right. Stage time! Yeah. I yeah. got you! I'm not going to have him sign my tits or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> 
I definitely would like to go see see a show, but scribble my nipple. This song <laughs> is definitely one of his. Just make sure he's shaved. One that stands yeah, out for me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it is it is one of his. I mean, it's it's one of his biggest hits. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, kudos to you for that pick. Oh, thank you, man. All right. Well, um, if everybody is cool with it, let's go ahead and flip the record and drop that needle on side B. And Diedrich, you had homework for us. I sure did. So this goes to the other side of what I was talking about. When I said I was talking about um, dreams. So you talk about nightmares, you know, but I, I definitely wanted to bring up the dream aspect of, you know, my other thought process, which is why I put them both out there just in case somebody else wanted to, you know, follow along with that. And so my actual album that I picked comes from, uh, it started off as a solo project from a producer um, by the name of Benjamin Plant or AKA Benjamin Vanguard. Uh, he's actually out of Melbourne, Australia. And so he got a whole lot of influences from 70s and 80s pop music. Um, you know, literally music that stood the test of time. He's, he's been influenced by some of the biggest artists that you could think of. Um, but in actuality, coming in the 2000s, he really started off as doing remixes for different tracks and, and, and trying to take that 80s, 70s sound, disco and, and, and early pop sound and place it into like a 2000s vibe with updated sounds and instrumentation. And so then he came along and, and, and grabbed a couple of people along with him and they actually formed the band which he's been using the moniker as himself, but it actually represents the band or the road band that he goes on performance with. And what I'm talking about is Miami Horror. Now, don't get the name twisted. We're talking about Miami Horror, but in actuality, there's nothing horror about it unless you just really don't like techno pop music. If you don't like that, then yes, this is going to be a complete fucking nightmare for you and you should go ahead and turn it off and stop listening. But if you do like this style of music, then this is definitely going to be right up your, 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 your album. So there was their initial album uh, came out called Illumination uh, back in 2010. And that album like soared. Like everybody listened to the sounds of it. They didn't know exactly what to try to do with it. But, you know, they knew they had to listen to it a little bit more. Um, five good years later, here you have this particular album uh, in 2015. It comes out. It's called All Possible Futures. It's their sophomore follow up. And this album to me is a banger all the way through from the head to toe, um, beginning to end. It's literally it captures the 80s vibe and 80s style of pop music and techno and, and wraps them up together and brings it up to a little upscale uh, version of its own self. And you've got so many different lead singers and artists that have come through and sing on top of track. But in all actuality, um, like this, this to me was the way in which music was supposed to go. And you're talking about artists that, that literally have, you know, so many different sounds and, and so many different ways of, of coming out with particular sounds and instrumentation. But this particular album to me was an ear catcher because this one right here was like banger after banger after banger after banger. Like every particular song had its own vibe, its own sound, but it was all something that if you cut off and listen to with your eyes closed, you could literally go to sleep and fall into another universe, right? And that universe would be on a psychedelic type of ride, but it would be a good feels type of ride. And this is all about vibe with me, especially with this particular album. So... To cut a long story short, I'm not going to talk all the air off for everything, but this particular album itself, a song on here that really captured my heart is Cellophane. Cool. 
that was the subtitle was so so cool subtitle uh, with Aaron Temple, and that to me was like one of the best songs that was on this particular album, mainly because it's got a good vibe to it, good groove. And then you get into the actual lyrics and the flow of the song, and it's right where you want techno pop to be. It, it has all the vibe, all the sound that you would want to come out uh, in a particular feel-good fashion, and there's no way you can go wrong with this. I mean, they could be talking about killing somebody's kid in a car um, in the middle of, of, of 35 traffic and, and at 5 o'clock p.m., but it sounds so damn good that you really wouldn't pay attention to that. You would just be like, this is a good vibe. This is cool. And this coincides with what I was talking about before when I was on my summer vibe like I'm really going to be on the summer vibes type kick and this is this is right up the alley with summer vibes and this is this is kind of like my intro way into getting everybody into a summer mindset mindset and um you know everybody should be on feel good stuff and and this particular album within itself you got so many tracks on here that is literally about feel good that you know you can't really go wrong with it so I'm gonna cut it short y'all tell me what y'all think about 2015's All Possible Futures by Miami Whore. Who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Sure. All right, I'll go first. So I love this album. I uh, I know this album very well. Um, I think I probably listened to it around the time that it first came out. And uh, it was on heavy rotation um, when I when I first heard this album. And it is one I do revisit from time to time. It's been a while. Um, and uh, and I don't know how many times I've listened to it uh, since you since you told us what what album it was going to be. So um, it was uh, it was refreshing and uh, it was like welcoming back uh, an old friend, you know. So, um, yeah, I adore this album. Like, I don't think that there's a track on here I don't like. And um, just the just the high energy, just the, the the vibes are so good on this. And um, and there's so many of the songs just like they they're they're very different from each other. And uh mm-hmm. yeah just there's just this high energy and just I don't, yeah it just it makes you feel good when you listen to it um yeah it's i think i think it's a fantastic album um i'm i'm glad that you picked this and um yeah man i mean you know we're we're in sync here yeah you yes, know yes, yeah yeah we we have we have impeccable taste um, I, I do say so myself yes i yeah. I, I concur yeah so yeah, this is uh, phenomenal. And I wrote like a list of my, like the songs that I want to pick as my choice track. Um, and part of me is like, I'll let everyone go first because I just don't know. Right. Okay. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think the song I'm going to go with, oh man, it's hard, dude. I'm looking at my list right now, but I'm going to go with, uh, out of sight. Out of Sight is, is my favorite track on there. Um, that just makes me happy, man. It puts me, puts me in a good place. So, um, yeah, this is this is good stuff, man. And, uh, you know, listeners, you know, if you haven't listened to your homework, um, this is not homework, dude. This is just this is just uh, this is just amazing. And this is, um, this is playtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you will you will be uh, in a better place after you listen to this. So um, do yourself a favor and go listen to this album if you haven't already. 
So good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I never heard the band before. Uh, it, I liked it. Um, you know, this was a, it, not that I didn't like Grave Diggers, but this was a good palate cleanser after Grave Diggers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, you're like, yeah, it's a mouthwash for Grave Diggers. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, trying to get me to commit suicide. You listen to this, you're like, oh, no, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, I'm fuck. I like, I like living. <laughs> I going to the beach or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but this was, yeah. So it, I did. It took me a little bit to get into it. It is very much more vibe than lyrics. Um, yes. And, you know, um, I did jog to this a couple times, you know, because I'm doing my, my jogging stuff. So this is actually pretty, really good to jog to. Um, I, yeah. So there's, there's two songs I'm kind of circling around. The one I'm probably going to do is Colors in the Sky. Because um, nice. that one, that one for sure stood out a, a lot. But uh, I, I do have a, a another one to do, uh, and as mentioned later on. But I'm gonna pick colors in the sky because that one for sure stood out. So cool, cool. What you got? Damn, you got yeah. Oh wow! What the fuck are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with like what Taj said. It does take you from so like our last week's episode with the Grave Diggers album was great. Um, so it was like almost like two episodes, two two albums in a row that I had to listen to uh, that were just like I just couldn't get away from. And so I I can't even count how many times I listened to this album. And it's now my feel good go to album. And I can't believe that you know what 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 rock was I living under? You know, <laughs> um, and that always happens. You you all always surprise me and bring something new to the table that I've never never realized existed even when trying to find good music you know so it's like being in a record store and you're sifting through stuff this is like the gem that pops out you know um love like mine this stuff i mean okay so here first things first any one of the songs on this album could have been my favorite pick. So I don't give a shit if all y'all picked my fucking picks because you did. Like one after another, you fuckers picked my picks. So uh, I had to have a runner up for like all of them. And, uh, but like Love Like Mine's got this like fucking disco kind of new modern disco vibe. And I, I would say that's kind of like throughout the album, you hear that a little bit. Yeah. But uh, who's Cleopold? Cleopold? Because Cleopold's on this as like a featured artist, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. Color in the Sky. Yeah, I think for a few or a couple at least. Yeah, for a couple. Yeah, I got you. The one I picked and the one you picked, Taj. But um, oh, I see. Yeah, I like the good co- that it's a collaboration album. We've had a we've we've spotlighted albums on this podcast before where that happens and it always becomes like a better album. So I don't know if that's what kind of like helped them with this because I don't know any of their other stuff. But the name definitely probably turns people off because like if you don't like horror movies, you're like, oh, my God. Like you really think you're listening to like the Dexter fucking like soundtrack. And then (laughs) then you listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you son of a bitches. (laughs) This is this is good music. So it gives me like that mid, you know, the 2010 and 2015. 
16, 17 kind of feel, you know, um, real good, real good vibes. That's for this, this type of artist, this type of music, indie rock, I guess is kind of how I would place it, but it's the height of indie rock is 2008 to like 2016, maybe, uh, this is 2015. So it's like kind of like towards the end of a, a lot of the like new artists coming out. They're still coming out, but they really, they really fit the bill. Yeah. And so, I'm gonna fucking listen to this over and over again. So the the other one I, I liked, and it's lyrically or, or it's thematically, maybe it's why I like it is "Stranger," because I like that concept of like we started out as strangers and we knew each other, but now we're strangers again. And you're like, dang, like that's that's just a hell of a song because I I know what that's like. Like it's yeah. a mind fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For you sure. Think about somebody that you started off it's just y'all, you know, meeting each other and and coming to be good, good friends, good good partners, or whatever the case. And now all of a sudden, like you act like you don't know each other. That 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 is a knife in the back. Like that hurt. And you see somebody from across the room, and all of a sudden, like you're supposed to act like you don't know that person, but you know them like intimately. It's crazy. And yeah, they definitely hit the nail on the head with that one. That was a good pick too. Man. Like all of these are not like A B C. These are like one A, one two, one three, <laughs> right. type of type of picks. So you know, don't don't get it twisted. This is this is one of those fun type of albums. Yeah. If you sleep on it, it's your fault because it was a, it was a good damn album. Don't miss so. it, man. The intro track is great too. American Dream is like it even starts out kind of weird. Like oh, what the fuck's this? And then all of a sudden, like. <laughs> They change it. It changes this tone, and you're just like, "Oh, okay. Am I at the beach right now? Am I, you know, am I on vacation? Like this mm-hmm. is definitely like you said. You hit it too with the uh, summer vibes. Mm-hmm. They throw that fucking keyboard shit in there. You're just like, yeah, okay, mellow kind of sound. Yeah, love it. Cool. Okay, so, so I'm done. You're done. Okay. Um, oh fuck! Did I cut you off? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, um. <laughs> Damon, <laughs> uh, you have some homework yes, for us next week, don't you? Oh, fuck. Do I? Oh, uh, I hate homework. Oh, um, you hate homework? Okay. We're just moving on then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no homework. Uh, well, yeah. So I uh, I was introduced to a lot of music when I, was, when I started working at this place called Whole Foods Market. <laughs> And a lot of people that worked at Whole Foods uh, when I was working there was like the early 2000s and they were like in bands and shit. And uh, they all like had a different perspective on music than me. I mean, I, I love pop music, but I also like other stuff, too. But I just didn't, you know, I didn't know what was out there. But so I was introduced to uh, a couple of different uh, bands that, you know, really really uh blew my mind and you know opened me up to different stuff um but uh one of them was one of the bands was uh at the drive-in it's also uh members of this band started lamar's volta uh later on so um in the 90s uh yeah this is kind of like a their forerunners for like their style and they really helped other bands you know come come to what they are and um so uh in 1999 you know at the end of the 90s uh you know they they hit it hard um at the driving comes out with a band called Via, 
think I'm saying it right, Vaya, V-A-Y-A. And um, yeah, it's a different sound. It's it's a weird sound. Like you're gonna listen, you'll listen to this album and be like, oh, it's kind of weird. I don't know, what kind of music is this? And uh, at the, by the end, you're like, oh, okay. I can kind of get into this. If you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. That's what it is. So, so the band is is at the at drive-in? the drive-in. At okay. the drive-in's the band, and the album is Faya P A Y A. Okay, gotcha. All right, sounds good. All right, anything else before I start wrapping up this the show? It is with July. Oh, okay. Well, this has been uh, Choice Tracks. Uh, you can find this at our website of choicetracks.com. We end with a Z, or you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Uh, it, uh, again, we end with a Z. We have matching playlists on both Spotify and Pandora. We do ask that you please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. Is that a ro- is that a robot, Brandon? Or okay, um, I am Damon, and I'm Bud Naked. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they just came out of nowhere. I'm Dietrich, but um, we're gonna pick up the needle. But y'all keep spinning those choice tracks.